Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Joyful, joyful, joyful. We adore you, God of glory, Lord of love. Very important, Lord of love, Lord of love. want to just bless you with a few scriptures this morning just to help you realize the season. You know you can be in a season and not realize it. I'm amazed guys are still walking around in hoodies, you know, like the jackets and the hoodies. And it's like, God, it's like, like 40 Celsius out there. I've got to keep the image up, but, you know, the hoodie. And, uh, man, <laughs> Asians are brilliant. They know how to dress. They, they, they got the right material. It, it's this material that breathes. And Aussies get around in flannelette shirts, and they're wondering why they're dying of heat. Or they're, or they're walking around in winter T-shirts. Do you know the difference between a winter T-shirt and a summer T-shirt? Just feel it. Common sense will tell you. That's a winter T-shirt. Don't wear it. You're going to die. And listen, I know budget's tough, but get down to Vinnie's or something. There's plenty of beautiful garments that, that will be more conducive to the weather we're living in. And uh, yes, it was on special because it's not winter, it's summer. <laughs> One John, although I do buy garments out of season and I love to wear them in the right season. One John 3, 1 says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. You need to know this and realize this, that we should be called children of God. Children of God, you need to understand this, that you are a child of God. One of the greatest revelations that you can have is that you are a child of God. You've got to know that. You are a child of God. To Him belong. Little one, to Him belong. This I know. A great theologian was asked, what's the greatest revelation that, that you know? And it was basically that. Unto Him. What's, 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 what am I trying to say here? Jesus loves me. Thank you, Fleur. My prompt. She's always my best prompter. What's it say again? Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones, little ones. You're all little ones. How do I know that? Because when I was working at Mount Penang and these He-Man criminals with tatters, they got... They've got lots of muscle, they've got growls, they're 18, 19, and, and they're he-man criminals. When they're sleeping, they're just like little babies. <laughs> just like little babies. I said, what is the contrast? This guy was growling at me today, ready to rip my head off. Now he's just a, like a little baby. Just look at that little, poor little Johnny, Johnny the murderer. <laughs> It really helped me with ministry, you know. Don't judge a book by its cover. 
See what great love the Father has lavished on us. I'm not joking either. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. One key thing that we've been trying to do constantly, but in church this year, is trying to get people to receive the love of God. And it's one of the greatest breakthroughs that you can have is to receive the love of God because people get banged up in life. They get dispositions, speak to the hand and and walls and curtains, barbed wire fence, bars on the window. But I'm saved. Um, But it's not like that. Joyce Meyer says, after I committed my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I began to hear sermons about the importance of loving others. She says, I wanted to walk in love, but I couldn't seem to do it. I made elaborate plans that always failed. And then she says, I had the want to, but not the power to perform. Romans 7, 18 says that, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good. I'm sure each one of us have the desire to do what is good. Amen? But this scripture is implying that Paul had no power to do that. Praise God, we got that power. Amen? We got that grace to be able to do that. She says, I felt frustrated and wondered what was wrong with me. Everyone knows Joyce Meyer's story. Amen? She got really abused and traumatized young in a marriage and wasn't until 40s or so she even went into ministry. She says, I was impatient with people, legalistic, harsh, judgmental, rude, selfish, unforgiving, and more. A breakthrough, she says, in understanding came when God began to show me that I could not love others because I had never truly received the love of God. I was, she says, I was like a thirsty person holding a glass of water without ever drinking it. Without ever drinking it. Wow. She says, I mentally acknowledged that God loved me, but it was not a reality in my heart. I'm reminded of the scripture, knowledge profits you nothing if you don't have, if you don't have love. Knowledge, you could be a great theologian, great teaching, and I've had people bail me up. I've literally stepped off the podium, and one guy says, I've got three questions for you. I said, well, hang on, hang on, boy, hang on. What's your name? Hang on, whoa. How many people do you get saved with that sort of, you know? So it goes like this. You come up to me and say, maybe Pastor Phil if you want, or, or Phil if you, if you, if you wish. And then you say, my name is, and I go, oh, oh, hi. And then we introduce it. And then if we feel grace even, we might ask a question. (laughs) We might ask a question. So I taught him that for about five minutes. (laughs) Just basic decorum. Basic decorum of life. Well, I didn't realize it, but he turned on his heel and walked away. He didn't even ask me the three questions. It was because I said to him, how many people do you get saved attacking people like that? Because that's, that's not going to help matters. We're trying to win people. 
So we, we talk about being friendly. So I just had this whole discourse about teaching in 101 what it means to be a Christian. Be friendly. Have a smile on your face. Approach gently. Don't rush up to people into their personal space with three questions. It was very enlightening. I was doing a men's breakfast. I had a lot of visitors. There was about 40 men in the building. And I noticed the man there, and I went, oh, my goodness, it's that man. It's that man with the three questions. After we did, and I, we had ministry that morning, he came up to me, and he apologized. He said, that time I came, and he said, would you forget? He was very embarrassed. He obviously thought about what he did. Joyce Meyer says, I mentally acknowledge that God loved me, but it wasn't a reality in my heart. So why does God love us so much? I mean... Basically, because he, he, he wants to, and it pleases him. Check this out. In the Amplified Version, Ephesians 1.5, For he fordained us, fordained us. Isn't it great to know our children are fordained to be loved by God? Or Forordained. Thank you, Luke Boyd. Forordained. Thank you. He's my theology prompter. And she's, my, and she's my sayings prompter. And um, for he foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the purpose of his will because why, why does he love us? Why does he love us? Why does he love your friends that are unsaved and unchurched? Why does he? Because it pleases him and was his kind intent. I love that. God conquers evil with good. Romans 12, 20, 21. Do not, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. God just loves to keep pouring out grace, even on your sin. You sin, he just keeps pouring that grace out. It's just what he does. He just keeps doing that. Just as it is impossible for God not to love, so it is impossible for us to do anything to keep him from loving us, and that infuriates the world, that God keeps loving them, and we Christians keep popping up in their world and telling them that. That's when things get a bit awkward. He is love. That's all he can do. He is love. 1 John 4, 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. He may not love everything we do, but he loves us. He may not love everything you do, but he does love us. And guess what? Love heals you. When you receive the love of God, it heals the broken heart. It heals that situation that you're banged up about from school days, childhood days, marriage days, whatever. You've got to love more than, you've got to allow more than just knowledge in and just good fellowship in of the church. You've got to let the love of God in. You've got to let him into that room of your heart that is strategically placed in you, designed in you to allow the love of God in. Some people like 
when you go visit them, they say, come into this room, come into that. Don't go into that room. Oh, because it's all messy maybe or, or there's a poster of a, of a rapper in there or something. <laughs> Psalm 104, not my room, it's not my room. Psalm 147, verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted. His love heals people's emotional woundedness. He mends the broken hearts. Psalm 147, verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God's love is unconditional. It's not based on you, it's based on him. Once you realize that regardless, whatever you do, whatever bad hair day that you have, his love is still washing up on the shore of your heart. I know it might seem like to obey it sometimes in your life where it's just flat, no waves. Or when I went to Queensland, North Queensland, and I realized there's this great big barrier reef stopping the swell getting in and go down to the beach. And it was like something, catastrophe happened. It was like a, 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 you know, it was like this global warming thing had kicked in all of a sudden and, and the waves had disappeared. It took me a while to get used to it. But I was right up near Townsville building weirs and dams and I was working right in, in the bush and I'd come to the beach for some solace, as you usually do, Julie and I came from the western suburbs and it was just such a great day when our parents would take us to the beach, Cronulla or somewhere, and you'd see the beach and you'd go, oh, and then you'd see the waves and you'd go, oh, as a kid, you'd go, oh, oh, let me in that water. But up there, it was like flat. And then there were signs everywhere that said stingers and, and there was no one on the beach. And, and, and you might seem and feel that that is your life sometimes, that there's no waves of love lapping up on the shore of your heart. But can I tell you, there is always a tide and there is always waves lapping up. And you've got to believe that. You've got to go to the Word of God. You've got to go to Him and meditate on it and allow God to just totally inebriate you, baptize you. Let's do that right now. Father God in heaven, baptize us in your marvelous love. Just hold your poise to heaven hands up, looking to heaven. Father, right now, I want to feel your love. I want to feel, just say it, come on. I want to feel your love. I want to bask in your love right now. I want to soak in your love this season, right now in the house of God. I want to saturate my emotions, my heart, my body, my soul, everything I am. Imagine the great glory of that. God loves you. Once your heart is filled with awareness of God's love, then you can begin to love him and love others. Amen? We love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. You know what? Everyone wants to be loved and accepted. Is that right? I can't, I can't believe how many people, cafes I go to, where I acknowledge that poor person serving the table and doing a menial task, even the cooks, whoever, I will get to them with, hey, how you going? With a smile, with a, you know, just a, a glimmer, a glimmer of God. Hey, I recognize you. And all of a sudden, whoosh, they're brought to the moment of realizing, God, someone's recognized me. Everyone wants to be accepted and loved. 
Love, acceptance, forgiveness is our theme. Love, acceptance, forgiveness. No matter how, no matter if they wear a flannelette. You're not wearing a flannelette shirt today, are you? Sorry if I'm picking on the flannelette shirt. Even, sorry, sorry, Wes. Wes means revival. Wes means revival. Wesley means revival. The most wonderful gift that we have received is the love of God. Don't just receive the knowledge of salvation to get you to glory land. Receive the love of God. Receive it. You've got to receive it. Yeah, but I'm not that, I don't want to be that intimate with God. I don't want, I don't want that love stuff flowing through me and liking people and having all these friends and having all these people that, that are, you know, being influenced by me. I just don't want that. Love must give. Say love must give. It's the nature of love to give. It's a loving thing. You receive it, you give it away. I said the other day, I had this awesome massage one-hour massage. I'm into it now. I'm converted. It's good for your mental health. Trust me. I feel great. I feel like, oh my God, this is glory. This is awesome. I come home. My dog rushes up to me, rolls this new great dog. What's he? It's a cross between and he's, what is he? Siberian, husky, German shepherd. And it's Gemma's dog. It's not mine. That's right. Although he keeps rushing up to me because why? Because he knows I will rub his belly. And so I've had this great massage. I come home. He comes racing up to me. He falls on the ground. He's laying there. He knows, he knows what he's saying. I want a belly rub. Uh, I, in a moment, I'm going to be self. I feel selfish. I, I'm not going to. I'm too busy. It's a hot day. I'm not going to. Hang on. And the Lord convicted me. He says, it was all right for you to have a massage for an hour. So where's, where's, come on, give and receive, receive and give, freely have received, give. So in that moment, the, the Lord taught me a lesson. The Lord taught me a lesson. And so I got down on my haunches, I got down just going, yeah, I know. I know, Lord, that was a great massage, and I know. <laughs> Love is a giving thing. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on. That's what you've got to do through the Christmas break, by the way. I know you're going camping, caravan, you're doing crazy stuff and visiting estranged relatives and whatever, but you've got to trust and cling to and rely on him shall, him shall not perish. They shall not perish. Come to destruction to be lost, but have eternal everlasting life. I hope you read it better than I did. 1 John 4, 10, 11 also highlights the giving nature of this love. In this, in this is love, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, beloved church, I'm begging you, beloved, if God loved us so very much, we also ought to love one another, one another spiritually and physically. Oh, I just pray for you. Now, how about do something practical? <laughs> I'll just pray. You got to do something practical too. Edification, encouragement, patience, kindness, courtesy, humility, unselfishness, good temper, gentleness, believing the best and sincerity or all awesome things. Love is a, a process. And listen, I'm talking about you people going out there shopping and get on that 
trip, man. Some people are driven and they steamroll steam through people and, and, and you got shopkeepers thinking, God, who's that person? Uh, you know, and, and, and minister in and out of season. Minister the love. Minister, kick it back a gear. Get the love. As soon as you get that frown on and that drivenness, kick it back, kick it back a gear and, 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 and get, the, get the countenance happening again. Get, the, get, get a glimmer again. Get the, get the God stuff happening. Get in the rhythm of grace. Amen. Man, Chrissy's down there. Christine, stand up. You are like a tornado through that. You don't even see me when I walk by you. Are you sure? Can you see me right now? <laughs> just only barely? Because every time I, walk, I go, hi, but you're just so laughing with somebody. You go, ah, ha, 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 and you just go right by me down at Tugra Westfield. <laughs> and I'm going, just trying to do the right thing. Just trying. It's Pastor Phil. I go, yes, hey. She doesn't even see me. She's just laughing, full, full face, panoramic face, just coming down. <laughs> and someone is just laughing. Some friend she's picked up on the on the mall, the mall troll. She. <laughs> that person is just getting blessed, man. You, she can just start a church down there got to love it you got to give it you got you got to receive it you got it's a process receive the love of god you got to love yourself in a balanced way not like put up a hundred selfies in one day stuff but you got to have I've truly i've cuz i'm not sure what's wrong with these people but but six selfies in a day is too much it's too much guys it's overkill You've outstayed your welcome. Sorry, where are they? Where? Are they? Poof, they're gone. Sorry. Six selfies a day is too much. Now, I, Luke Boyd preached a message about that. Loving yourself. It's me, 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 myself, and I. Jim Carrey was in a movie of that name, wasn't he? Me, myself, and Irene, I think it was. It's something like that. Don't see it. You've got to receive the love of God, and you've got to receive the affirmation of the Father, and you've got to believe that you're, you're made in the image of God, and you've got to believe that you are a blessing and that you are a, a, a gift to humanity. That's the sort of love I'm talking about, not you're cringing around and, you, and, and you're downbeat and you, you're just occupying space and you shouldn't be, but your head's up like Christine walking the mall, and, and you've got to smile. And, and in that, when you've got that going, then you can give it away then you can give it away. It's hard to give through a bad countenance or a bad attitude. Got to give it away. Got to give it away. Um, quickly, Chapman's, um, everyone knows it, five emotional love languages. This is for the men. Be careful navigating Christmas. Words of affirmation. This is when you see how nice your spouse looks, how great the dinner tasted. Andrew's awesome. If you invite Andrew Flaxman to dinner, he, he's got all the sounds happening. Mm, oh, oh, this is, oh, this is, these words will actually build up. If this person's wired with words of affirmation, it will build them up, their self-image and confidence. You need to, second one is quality time. Some spouses believe that being together, doing things together and focusing in on together is the best way to show love. If this is your partner's love language, turn off the TV, turn off the phone, and then give one another undivided attention. Four, gifts. It's universal culture. We give out gifts. Um, 
they don't have to be expensive, as Andrew said, but they do send a powerful message of love, don't they? Spouses who forget a birthday or, or anniversary or who never give <laughs> gifts to someone who truly enjoys gift, speaking to all the people on the left and the right, to someone who truly enjoys gift giving, will find themselves with a spouse who feels neglected and unloved. That's the best marriage counseling you'll get all year. The other one is the acts of kindness. Discovering how you can best do something for your spouse will require time and creativity. These acts of service like vacuuming, hanging a bird feeder, planting a garden, massaging, need to be done with joy to be perceived as a gift of love. There is a sixth love language they believe. It's food. <laughs> it's a fusion of all of them. And I got this little devotion. I thought it was cute. I'll drop it in. Uh, it's food. The ultimate love language is food. All the men said, food can be a gift. Food can be a gift. That's a love language. Cooking can be an act of service. Thank you for the leaders that turned up yesterday. We were on the, the lake there, and, uh, and the food was coming out. Thank you, Jilly, for your potato salad. And uh, other people contributed, and it was awesome. Cooking can be an act of service. That's the second love language. Sharing food with others can be quality time together. Hugging or kissing the cook shows physical touch. <laughs> the fifth one is words of affirmation. Things like, yum, or if you're from another nation, maybe a belch. <laughs> that could be affirmation. Uh, what nation is that in? That's Thailand? Thailand, it's good to belch. Don't do it in your local Thai restaurant. It might not work. You might think it's all crazy, but it's actually biblical, this love language. It's actual, so in Genesis, uh, Joseph lovingly provided food for his brothers when he should have uh, avenged them, he uh, fed them. Jethro invited Moses over for dinner after rescuing the daughters. 1 Samuel 25, you see that Abigail won David's heart after preparing a feast for him and his men, and Jesus fed the 5,000. <laughs> Even with all that, Jesus, or God, outdoes himself. Lastly, number one, God blesses us with amazing stuff. He has created an array of amazing foods. Oh, we're back to foods again. We can enjoy and thank him for. 1 Timothy 4, 4, 5 says, For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected. So whoever rejected Julie's beef, that what, what was that meal that you had yesterday at our leaders? <laughs> Katrina, you don't have to... The savaki. And I noticed when you, when you showed the savaki to Katrina yesterday, she went... I could just see the cogs going at you. Quick assessment. Just the, the, the assessment, you know. Yeah, no, no, thanks. <laughs> Louise would have loved it if she was there. Because it's Greek. <laughs> isn't it embarrassing when someone offers you, isn't it embarrassing when someone offers you some strange delicacy. And, 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 there, and there's lots of it too. Like, you're going to eat a lot of this. 
<laughs> and, and you don't want to eat any of it. <laughs> and you're feeling really awkward now. And, and you just might pick out a little piece in the corner, just put it on the plate. And, and you're just hoping, I hope this is like, I hope this is like manna from heaven or something. I don't know, but I know I have personally been in a lot of embarrassing moments. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected. If it is received with thanksgiving and through the consecration of prayer, thank you, Lord God. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that's something I would quote straight up to, to, to preserve myself in that situation. He gives, his, he gives his words. So the first one, he gives great food. Then if I didn't want to eat that food, I would come up with this. The second one, he gives us his word which sustains and nourishes us more than bread, more than food. And I've never done this, but I've only just saw this right there. I've just got a revelation that I could actually quote. In that awkward situation, Jesus answered, it is written, and I'm sure he did this on many occasions when he was being offered pork or something like that. I don't know. Men shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Psalm 19 verse 10 says, it's sweeter than honey, the word of God. Three, what else does God give us brilliantly as a gift? Uh, three, he gives us his spirit, the living water that flows from him to us, through us. And it says in John 7, 38, and this is exactly what I'm telling you to do this season. Whoever believes in him, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. So if you're born again, if you're saved, you should have rivers of living water of kindness, goodness, patience flowing through you. It can be done. I'm going to help you with that in a moment. It can be done. Whoever believes in him, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, capital S, whom those who believed in, whom were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, but praise God, it has been given now since Jesus has come, died, risen, and given us the blessing of the Father. For he gives us Jesus. God gives us Jesus, the bread of life, the bread of life. Thank you, Father God. God outdoes himself. He gives us the bread of life, truly satisfying our hunger, the hunger of your neighbor, your friend, your downbeat friend. They have a th hunger, a, a thirst for, for God. They don't know it. They're dry. They're parched. They're, they need God. You can give them that. In the, old, in the Bible days, they used to leave, leave out a cup of cold water out on the sill for the traveler that would come by, and they could partake of that water. When they come by you, can they find a cup of water? Can they find just one word? Can they find a smile? Can they find some patience, hospitality? Can they find some love? Can they find at, le at least a glimpse of hope? enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.